Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Robin Upsall, politics reporter here at The Register. This Three Tickets episode is a glimpse into the business of the Iowa caucuses. As candidates draw big crowds, Iowa business owners are quick to host events and sell their wares to caucus goers. A few businesses have even shaped their image around the ties to the Iowa caucuses and become traditional stops on the campaign trail. But there's one major update. The Hamburg Inn, the focal point of this episode, changed ownership in 2016. Michael Lee, a restaurateur from Taiwan, bought the diner from Dave Panther. Lee hopes to convert the Hamburg Inn into a chain restaurant across the Midwest and China. Keeping that in mind, let's get started. If you happen to have the May 7, 2007 issue of the New Yorker magazine handy, and I actually do here, check out page 46. Yeah, here it is. You'll find a photo, a big photo covering two full pages of Barack Obama. He's wearing a white shirt, no tie, clutching his wallet in a crinkled dollar bill like he's about to buy something. His hair is still black, and it makes him look young, like the photo was taken a lot longer ago than just eight years. Behind him is a wall of plate glass windows washed out by the photo's high exposure, so that they look like a curtain of light behind him. Obama could be anywhere, but if you look closely, you'll notice menus in vinyl cases and coffee mugs with a stylized number two on them. It's this place. The Hamburg Inn Number 2 in downtown Iowa City. The owner is a guy named Dave Panther. And then when Obama came in, he, he got a, a uh, Iowa omelet uh-huh. and, uh, to go. And then when he started his speech at the, at, on the Pentecost there, he started with, I had, a, I had a great omelet at Hamburg Inn. You know, an unsolicited testimonial. <laughs> We'll take it. (laughs) The Hamburg is a greasy spoon diner, an Iowa City landmark, and for the last decade or so, an Iowa caucuses institution. That candidate Barack Obama dropped in for an omelet one sunny morning in early 2007 was no coincidence and no accident. It was a result of a carefully calibrated business strategy executed by that guy, Dave Panther. The Hamburg is a great example of the business of the Iowa caucuses. And it's our setting for this episode of Three Tickets, the Des Moines Register's podcast of Iowa caucuses history and culture. I'm Jason Noble. Coming up next on C-SPAN, we take you live to Iowa. Iowa. (laughs) Hello, Iowa. In the state of Iowa. I love Iowa a whole lot. Tomorrow, Iowa! In this series, we're meeting the people and hearing the stories behind Iowa's first-in-the-nation caucuses. 
the pretty amazing but sort of absurd political contests that have led off the presidential nominating process for the last five decades. All right, so, caucus economics. Let me say this at the outset. We know there is a unique Iowa caucus's economy and that there is economic impact derived from the presidential candidate's year-long parade through the state. There are hotel rooms booked, rental cars rented, campaign signs printed, TV ads aired, and Casey's Pizza consumed. It's just that no one has a very good handle on how to quantify all this. An Iowa State University economist a few years back crunched FEC data and found $15.6 million spent by Democratic and Republican candidates in Iowa during the 2008 cycle. But that's just spending by the campaigns and mostly captures local employees' salaries, in-state travel, and printing costs. The Greater Des Moines Partnership, essentially the Chamber of Commerce for Central Iowa, takes a wider view and estimates that the metro area, not the whole state, saw $25 million in visitor spending ahead of the 2008 caucuses, and $17 million during the 2012 campaign. Now, that's not nothing. But it also doesn't add up to much more than a rounding error in Iowa's overall economy. I think what it tells us is that the real story of caucus capitalism is one of micro rather than macro economics. It's a story of individuals and individual businesses leveraging the celebrity of the candidates and the wide interest in the caucuses to make a few bucks. And that brings us to the Hamburg. The Hamburg Inn is a narrow, crowded little diner with a black awning and a gold sign in downtown Iowa City, just a couple blocks from the University of Iowa campus. It's been Dave Panther's family business for decades. Uh, the folks came to town in 1948, and this was Mrs. Van's restaurant at the time, and they, they bought that. Uh, the, their youngest, his, my dad's youngest brother, had the Hamburg Inn downtown at the time. And they formed a partnership, and they called the one downtown number one and this one number two. And that was kind of the start. Number one started in 1935, and Dad came in 48. And we lived upstairs in the back apartment for the first couple of years until they bought a house. Panther himself has been running the place since 1979. And if you walked in off the street and didn't pay too much attention to the photos and decor, the Hamburg would just feel like a great college town diner a place to deal with a hangover on a Saturday morning. When I was there to interview Panther, someone in the kitchen turned up Loaded by the Velvet Underground, one of my favorite records. But if you scrutinize the place at all, you'll realize politics is central to its identity. Since the 2004 caucuses, candidates have been showing up on a regular basis. Obama, Mitt Romney, Bill Clinton, John Edwards, Joe Biden, Wesley Clark... I was there with Michelle Bachman in 2011, and Hillary Clinton, Mike Huckabee, and Carly Fiorina have already stopped by in the 2016 cycle. The walls are lined with photos and news clippings, campaign signs, mementos, autographs, and handwritten notes from politicians. And it turns out that all this is purposeful. It's calculated. Dave Panther has very consciously and intentionally turned his diner into a political destination, starting with something called the Coffee Bean Caucus. In 2004 is when we started the Coffee Bean Caucus, 
and uh, that's really put us on the, not only the local map, but the state, national, and international map. You feel like that's how it, it started to become sort of a, a political sp uh, stopping point when, with the copy being I believe that was really the, the thing that really triggered it all. I mean, we, The concept uh, is pretty simple. The diner puts out jars labeled with candidates' names, and patrons drop a coffee bean into their favorite candidate's jar. On the day before the caucuses, Panther counts up the beans and declares a winner. The idea literally came out of a playbook for restaurant gimmicks. Well, I was uh, in a marketing group and went to one of their uh, workshops, and there was a man named Paul Hartunian who has, uh, his thing was getting free advertising and uh, uh, so I uh, got his newsletter, and in the newsletter, he talked about a restaurant in the Southwest that was uh, Mexican cuisine, and they did a pinno bean poll for the presidential elections, and were quite accurate. And we were coming up; that was in 2003, and so we were coming up on the the caucuses for 2004. So. Uh, so we don't do, really do pinno beans, but we do grind our own coffee. The rest, as they say, is history. That coffee bean caucus, I called it the gift that keeps giving. Panther has a whole marketing plan built around the caucuses. He sends out invitations to the campaigns and press releases to the media. He keeps in touch with the local county political parties, and his pitch is much more rooted in capitalist mutual benefit than civic virtue. And I think we've got a, a good track record now that uh, it's not, I mean, obviously it's good for us, but it, it, but, uh, it is a good media event for, uh, mm -hmm. for the candidates too. They do, uh, we do attract a, a good amount of press. Mm -hmm. He's gotten pretty sophisticated about the staging of political events, having learned the one thing that every good advanced staffer knows. Small rooms make crowds look big. One thing about the venue here is, is when we do have an event, uh, even a small crowd is going to fill up this room. So if the, the press comes in and, and pictures and stuff, uh, it's going to look good on, uh, to the media, too. Basically, a political rally at the Hamburg Inn fulfills the fundamental purpose of a political rally. It connects a candidate with real people. And then a place like us is really, you know, family-owned, down-home America, small, you know, small business America, uh, to make that connection with, you know, I don't know if you call it the common man or the, or the general public. Maybe a little different than, uh, say, going to a, uh, a country club or, you know, or some place where it would be a, of course, we attract a good share of people who uh, are probably living on the streets and living in million-dollar homes, too. So, Panther told me the only time things got hairy was when Bachman came. Uh, the only one that it really got loud in here was uh, inside was when Bachman came. And I, I felt kind of bad about that because I wanted every candidate to feel like... Uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can to make it a good event for them. And uh, This was during the Occupy movement, and liberal activists showed up at the restaurant before Bachman got there and then chanted over her attempts to talk with supporters. 
The campaign responded by blasting Christmas music to drown out the chants, which just made things all the more chaotic and surreal. I was there for it, although the campaign rushed me and most of the other reporters out the door when things got tense. What I remember most is a guy dressed up like a gay robot, protesting Bachman's position on same-sex marriage. Uh, hey, someone dressed up as a robot at that event? Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been here a couple times. <laughs> and, but Panther also told me about the great catch-up wars of 2004. You know how John Kerry is married to Heinz ketchup heiress Teresa Heinz? Well, in the heat of Kerry's campaign against George W. Bush, Panther got some W brand ketchup and gave diners a choice on which they wanted to use. We'd gotten this ketchup that was called W ketchup, you know, and it was, but it was surprising, you know, we had both bottles that, you know, are you going to use Heinz, are you going to use W? And uh, there, there's some people, I mean, this is, I mean, this is all for fun, yeah. and there's some people who would take the W ketchup and put it on another table, but they didn't even want it on their table. <laughs> it's like, come on. It's like, you know. All this politics has taken the Hamburg a lot further out in the world than you'd expect for a college town diner. In 2005, it was featured on an episode of The West Wing. One of the episodes was about their presidential election, and uh, they had us, or Hamburg Inn, it's, uh, their candidates were stopping at Hamburg Inn. Oh, did they? So they didn't, how, how did they do that? They didn't actually film it here, but we, they did uh, digitally put in our, our sign, and we'd give them some t-shirts and things, too. Uh, but the thing that did show up was, was the sign on the front of the building. They had to flash that. Oh, wow. Uh, That's cool. And they had a little scene where they were looking at the coffee bean jars, you know. So Now, as a very serious journalist, I made sure to verify this claim. And I'm happy to say it checks out. Season 6, Episode 13. It's called King Corn. And the stand-in for the Hamburg is on screen for a couple of minutes during which the candidate mostly grouses about ethanol and Iowa's place on the calendar. You know, if Iowa weren't first, if it were third, you know what it would be? South Dakota primary. It turns out the scene came about when Martin Sheen, you know, the president, visited the Hamburg back in 2003 when he was campaigning for Howard Dean. So does all this make it sound like Panther is just cashing in on the caucuses? Yeah, probably. But do consider this one mitigating factor. There actually was one truly organic presidential visit to the Hamburg Inn. Uh, Ronald Reagan did come, did come here in the 90s. Uh, he did a dedication at the Hoover Library uh, and then came for lunch. So he was probably our, our first political contact. It was August 8, 1992 to be exact. And like the early caucuses, that first presidential visit was innocent and earnest. Reagan's advanced people approached Panther, and he accommodated them as best he could. The Secret Service came the week before and said that he was going to be out at the library, and he may or may not come in. And uh, so we found out what he'd like to eat, and uh, it was meatloaf. So we had meatloaf and uh, Dutch apple pie, you know, since his nickname was Dutch there for a while. Now, of course, the seats at the Hamburg where Reagan and Bill Clinton sat are commemorated with plaques. Table, that's where Ronald Reagan sat? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then we got Clinton kind of sat down there. We got pictures of him. Okay. So, uh, 
So as you come in, you know, uh, Reagan's on the far right, <laughs> and, and uh, Clinton is more left than in the middle. Mm -hmm. So the caucuses have been great for Dave Panther and the Hamburg Inn. Candidates know to come, the media knows to cover it, and those pseudo-events have gotten the diner featured in Midwestern guidebooks and listicles. Maybe they've even kept it viable. The Panthers' Iowa City empire once included three diners and two well, hotels. I, I now it's just the old number two. If Iowa wasn't first in the nation, it'd be pretty quiet here. <laughs> you know, it'd be just us and the, the soybeans and the hogs, you know. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. As I mentioned earlier, the Hamburg Inn is no longer owned by Dave Panther. However, Michael Lee, the new owner, still holds coffee bean caucuses in Iowa. Also, it's officially been 12 years since that picture of Barack Obama mentioned in this episode was taken. Before we end, I want to make sure I thank everyone who helped us with this episode of Three Tickets. Thank you first and foremost to Katie Akins, the producer of this episode. Thank you also to Rachel Stassenberger, politics editor at the Des Moines Register, Paige Windsor, our news director, and Carol Hunter, the paper's executive editor. Our next episode will take a closer look at the many roles Senator Tom Harkin has played in the Iowa caucuses. Stay tuned. You'll be hearing from us again soon. <laughs>